Last year, we began the year with <laughs> what was meant to be four messages. That became five. Oh, it was meant to be three. Became four, became five, became six messages that outlay the vision for the church. Don't worry, we're not going to do those again. It's just this one. <coughs> now, what I laid out last year was not intended to be a vision for 2023. Something, it was rather something that we start building in us as a church. It, not so much a change of direction, but a focus on how we see ourselves. And the theme last year was battleship, not cruise ship. That we need to see ourselves not as a social group, not as an activity. Church isn't something that's about entertainment. It's about the battle between good and evil. That we are in a fight for the souls of people. It's a fight for the people in our nation, in our area, in our towns, and in our families. For people who need the gospel. That it is the work of the Great Commission to go and make disciples of all people. To baptize them and to teach them to obey everything Jesus commanded. That's our job. It's to plunder hell and to populate heaven. You know, when Jesus described his church in Matthew 18, he said this. Sorry, Matthew 16, verse 18. I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus describes his church as a force to be reckoned with. Not a defending force, but one that is on the attack against the very gates of hell. If the church is an army, then each of us are soldiers. Paul uses this comparison in the book of 2 Timothy, verse, uh, chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. <clears throat> Share in suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. So in this military metaphor, we looked at the big difference between a cruise ship and a battleship. One was built for pleasure, one is built for the mission. And the shift in focus in this vision was for us, that in every area of the life of the church to remember the mission is the main thing. I shared that a battleship, while it does have passengers, is not built for passengers. It's built for the crew, for the people who are in the fight. And the challenge to you last year, church, was which are you? Are you passenger or are you crew? And the difference between the two is that our passenger's there for the ride. The crew is there for the mission. Now, we were, it was never intended to be something that was all done in a year. Thank you very much, 2024, new vision. <laughs> it was the start of a process for us. Now, I am not going to reiterate everything we shared last year. I was going to do an update, and I was going to go room by room, you know, in the cruise ship. No, in the battleship. 
and do an update on the progress that's been made. But then Friday came this week and I threw it all out because uh, we don't need that today. Um, I might do a bit of that on Thursday, we'll see. Um, that's for another time. I, what I didn't want to do was is, is just do, hey, look how far we've, 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 we've brought things. And I, I threw it all out on Friday because, which means, of course, the title for this message and all the stuff you got beforehand is wrong. <laughs> um, I got three words for us for this year. And they are health, fleet, spirit. Now try as I might, I can't turn those into a clever acronym. Um, and I didn't want to change the words to fit into a nice preachable, you know, thing to easy to remember. Just remember three words, not hard. Health, fleet, spirit. One of the rooms in the battleship that we addressed last year was the sick bay. Where those who are spiritually wounded, how do we get people back up off on their feet? When the life knocks you down, how do we get each other back up and into the fight? And God's been speaking to me a lot about not just spiritual sickness or spiritual wounds or spiritual injury, but actually the importance of spiritual health. And this is our first focus for the year, health, spiritual health. Understand this morning, God is interested in you. Not just on what use you are to him for the mission. He is also interested in who you are. Sometimes we can get so focused on sharing about mission, mission, you know, our preaching can be all mission focused, you know, get out there, let's reach people, let's do, that we can actually take this, this, this focus away of what also matters is who we are. We can get so focused on encouraging you to mission that we forget that there's people hurting in this place. There's people limping. And they need help or they can't keep up the pace in the fight. And God's really been saying to me, the mission and the walk are both of equal value. Both matter. And this year I don't want us to be so mission focused. I mean I want us to be mission focused. But so mission focused that we forget that individual spiritual health is vital. Individual growth is vital. You matter to God. And I believe God is wanting to say that to us this year. So our teaching this year is going to reflect that. Preachers, pay attention. <laughs> we need not self-help teaching. I don't like that. But where there's things holding us back in our walk with God... We need teaching that will address it, heal it, and release us from it. You know, a few months ago, I was, um, I was feeling a bit low about myself. I'm sure we all do this, don't we? I do it from time to time. And God reminded me of something so huge in that moment where I was feeling, I was feeling so low. 
And God said, cares about me as a person more than he cares about my work of service. If we, for the sake of the mission, sacrifice growing closer to him, we've missed the point. The mission and the man, a woman, both matter. And this year is going to be about taking both of those things seriously. We can't focus on one at the expense of the other, and it's been my nature to focus mission, 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 mission at the expense of person. When it comes to spiritual care, or spiritual healing, or spiritual health, we have to consider the importance of spiritual fitness and building that into us as a body. You know, if you want to use a metaphor, if you're already eating healthy, you don't need to have a diet in January. I'm basing this on second-hand information. <laughs> if we're growing in the fruits of the Spirit, and we're growing in the gifts of the Spirit, then I believe we will need less spiritual healing. If we can get ourselves spiritually fit then there's going to be less things that hold us back. And sometimes that's painful. Listen, I've lifted weights in the past. You can see, look. I mean, it's the distant past, but you know, come on. And initially it hurts. But once you break through it, it gets easier. That's when you need to push further. But then the things that would have been hard are no longer hard. And I believe the same is true spiritually. I can see Gary looking at me because he knows that I've not kept this up in terms of my physical. <laughs> I know, I know. But I tell you it's true in terms of the spiritual too. The further we go in God, the things that would have knocked us in the past won't knock us. If we're growing in the gifts of the Spirit, if we're growing in the fruit of the Spirit, then there'll be less spiritual sickness. So rather than just trying to address the sickness this year, I want us to address our health. You know, it's interesting. Jesus didn't give us much information in terms of detailed information on how we do church. He didn't speak about it much. You know, how we structure this, how we do it all, wasn't a common theme in his teaching. Even when it came to the mission, he told us the commission, he told us the mission. He didn't really often go into the details on how to do it. But I'll tell you what he did teach on. How to live. How to have faith. How to handle sin. How to deal with worry. Now Jesus did speak into those things. So I have a question for you this morning. What is keeping you from the fight? What is it that's holding you back? Hebrews 12.1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, 
let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, sometimes we, we, we only interpret this as, you know, get rid of the sin. It doesn't say that. It says every weight and sin. It's not just sin that's being referred to. It's everything that hinders us in pressing forward in God. And the writer of Hebrews says, throw it aside. Throw it aside. Everything that slows your run. So the question to you this morning is, and I don't want you to shout it out because it might be very personal. What is slowing your run? What is weighing you down? Is it issues of character? This year, we're going to throw those aside. Is it being held back by external forces? This year we're going to pray that they are thrown to one side. Is it issues of commitment? The challenge to you this year is to throw that to one side. What is holding you back? Is it sin in your life? This year you're going to be challenged to throw the sin to one side. Is it a home or living situation that you know isn't right? This is the year to put it right. Is it a mindset you have? Oh, then you need to renew your mind. Is it a financial situation? Let's give it to God and trust God. Is it a health situation? And we're going to pray for healing. God is wanting this year, he's wanting to say to us, this is a year to throw it aside. This is a year to get rid. Some things that have been with you for years. You need to make that decision. This is the year it's gone. This is the year it's gone. You know, the longer something's with you, the less likely it is to go. It's like the cracked window in a house. You know, if you've got a, if you've got a cracked window in your house and you don't fix it straight away, Chances are you're not going to fix it anytime soon. And when the next window goes, you, you, the longer you have something, the harder it is to deal with. This is the year to start saying these things. Enough. Enough. This is a year of shedding weights. Not weight. Weights. You know, 2023 was a rough year for a lot of people here, I think. Would that be fair? You know what? That matters. We can't just write it off and pretend it hasn't happened. Or that it's not there. Jesus cares about that. And we mustn't be so mission invested as a church that we don't care about that. Listen, if you've had a bad year last year, we care. And we need to patch each other up. We need to build each other up. So that we can be healed from those wounds. And be effective in the fight. We must take time to do that. Otherwise we will become a weakened army. An army that doesn't patch people up along the way. Isn't going to march all the way. 
And I feel for our teaching this year, we need to focus on personal growth and spiritual health. I believe that's going to be so important. We're going to have a series in the summer on the gifts, no, not the gifts, <laughs> fruit of the Spirit. And the challenge is going to be to grow in them. But we also, I want to see the gifts of the Spirit grow. Laying aside the works of the flesh. That's the focus for this year. But I come back to that question for everyone. Because I can't answer this for you. What is holding you back? What is hindering you? I know for some in this place it's a physical need. I don't want to name names of people. Because I, don't want to, but I know there's people watching who would love to be here who can't. Because they're not well. And they haven't been well. I feel the enemy has had a field day with us in 2023 with our health and with other areas. I'm believing this year as a church we're going to take a stand and we're going to see that tide turn. Because I believe in the God who heals. That's word one. Word number two was fleet. This was, as you remember last year, we shared about new locations and planting. The word I heard very clearly last year was expand the fleet. Well, the fleet is the same size as we stand here today. We introduced house plants last year, which is to become the way we will plant in the future. Starting in homes, content provided for the planter, and growing from the seed. We did our first house plant weekend at Easter, and we've built up, I think, a good library of material. But the response from people to the invites has been slower than we expected. And I admit, in the flesh, I have found that frustrating. In the flesh. But God gave me a picture of that when I was at the uh, AOG conference. I don't know if I shared I shared it with the house planters. I don't know if I shared it with anybody else. Did I? Did I? I did. I'll share it now for those who didn't hear it. <laughs> it was of um, building a snowman. You know sometimes when it snows and the snow is kind of light and insubstantial snow. You know that kind where it just doesn't seem to want to compact. And I was trying to build a snowman out of this snow. And every time I pushed it together, it just fell apart again. And kept doing it and kept doing it. And you roll it and bits fall off. And you roll it and bits fell off. But there came this tipping point where suddenly it started to gain that momentum. And once it started and that snow was compacted inside and it got heavier and heavier, then the snow started attaching. Then the snow stayed on. And I felt God was saying, it's going to be slow going to begin with. The things you don't want to hear. But when it starts, it's going to gain momentum faster than you'd expect. And I'm holding on to that because I tell you in the flesh, I found it frustrating. But we will keep going on. We will not despise the day of small beginnings. But I will say this, anyone can run a Life Plus group, a house plant, anyone can do it. 
I would love to see more people do it. And I believe there are people either in the building or watching online who could or should be running one of these in their home. And if God's speaking to you about that, you've got to do something about it. I'm not going to challenge you on it. I'll let God do that. But if God is speaking to you about setting one up, let me know. This year, I believe we're going to see that snowball start to grow. But that is not, that's our way of planting, but it's not our only way of expanding. In October, in our vision night, I introduced to you RISE. RISE is our new online plant. And this year, I want to see RISE begin its journey. David Taylor will be helping me with this and uh, taking point on that. It's going to start with videos. It's going to start then building community around that. And then at some point in the next few years, well, we have an eye on virtual reality, augmented reality. Wherever that technology is going to go, we don't know. But I think we're going to see something very significant happen technologically in the next couple of years. Now remember, that's an extra plant. If you're not part of that, it doesn't affect you. But I believe we're going to see a whole new area open up to the gospel through that. Now, I just want to spend a moment talking about online. Why am I always talking about online and getting more online as church? Why am I always beating this drum? Life plus, house plants, rise. He is the truth. We cannot miss the opportunity that's being presented to us. And I want us all to get this because it's not enough for me to get it. I can't do it alone. It will, it will do me in. Let me give you an example of how this can work. Give me even a metaphor. The Great American Railroad. In the 1800s, no business matched the financial and political importance of the railroad. It dominated transportation, both of goods and of people. I mean, America is a big old place. They needed the railroads to open America up. And then along came the car and air travel. And the leaders of the railroads absolutely failed to take advantage of what an opportunity lay before them. There was a moment in time where they were so dominant they could have participated in the development of both of these modes of transport. They had industry dominance already. If they'd moved into the car and air industry, let me tell you, nobody could have matched them. Nobody. Nobody could have stood up to them. But they didn't do it. Instead, they made a fatal mistake. They saw cars and planes as a threat and tried to fight it. See, the railway barons didn't understand what their business really was. They thought they were in the railway industry and they weren't. They never were. 
they were in the transportation business. Their job was transporting goods and people from A to B. And if they'd have just caught the vision of that. But instead they saw cars and they saw air travel as a threat. If they just had the vision, those companies would have thrived and dominated. But they saw a threat instead of opportunity. They missed out because they misunderstood their business. <laughs> and guess what? They still haven't learned. Even today, train companies in this country show a complete lack of vision. They're so caught up with infighting over pay that they failed to see that after COVID, companies across the country were saying, we want people back in the office. We want people back in the office. They could have shone. They could have made that travel back into the office the best experience they could have done. Instead, what have they done? Their strikes, their closing, they're in so much turmoil that companies are now saying, we understand you can't get back in the office because you can't get here. Let me tell you, if this keeps on, I don't think we'll see a commuter industry with the trains in the future. They've shot themselves in the foot because they're so concerned over their infighting and their internal disputes, they missed the opportunity that was right in front of them. Focusing on the wrong areas and infighting and missing opportunity. A lack of vision of what could be. Let me tell you, we don't want the church to do the same thing. No. We can't just see threat instead of the opportunity. We can't be so stuck looking at the wrong problems in church that we fail to shine. You know, Paul, he sees an altar to an unknown God. He doesn't see it as a threat. He sees it as an opportunity to reach people. What business are we in, church? It is not the Sunday service business. That's something we do. It's not what we're for. We are not in the Bible study business. We're not in the prayer meeting business. We're not in the social action business. We are here to introduce people to our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. That's what we're all about. We are here to connect people with Jesus. We are here to go into all the world to preach the gospel to every creature, to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to teach them all that Jesus commanded. That's who we are. That's what we're about. And we can't take our eyes off that. That's our core. And if we are to reach every person, we should reach where people are. And increasingly, you will find people, not in the streets, not in the shopping centers, not always in the buildings, but online. Amen. And in the next 10 years, we are going to see that increase at levels we've never seen before. It would be very easy to see the online community as a threat to this. But I believe we should see it as an opportunity for the gospel to shine. We must grow the fleet. We must have new locations. We must have new expressions of new life. And everyone can be part of this. We must use every tool we can have, including the hybrid and online model of church. 
And here's the thing, I don't even know what this is going to look like in the future. We've never been this way before. But I believe the church should blaze the trail instead of playing catch-up. Lastly, there's the third thing that I feel God is saying to us this year. Anyone tell me what it was? Spirit. Last year, when we were going through the different rooms on the ship, sorry about my voice, by the way, we called it the shell room. Because we said, what's the point in having good targeting? What is the point in having a lot of ships? What is the point in having good guns if there's no power in what we're firing? The shell room is the power of the Holy Spirit. Church, everything must come through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are a Pentecostal church. I think it was Chris who said to me this week, we forget the Pentecostals are the Mavericks. AOG was started by people who got kicked out of other churches because they were experiencing the gifts and the baptism of the Spirit. That's our heritage. And the rest of the church world is kind of caught up a little bit in the sense that they're more open to the Spirit. But I tell you, they may be more open to some of the gifts of the Spirit, but not in the same way. And look, I love Alpha. It's great. But it's teaching on the Holy Spirit is so weak. Because there's this confusion in the Church of England about what the baptism in the Spirit is. And what we would say has been saved, they would say has been filled with the Spirit. We forget that you are filled with the Spirit for power, for works of service. We are filled with the Spirit so that we can go out with the power of the Spirit. Knowing that when we don't have the words, He fills our mouths. The Holy Spirit is not given so that we feel good. Or that we feel love. Or that we have an extra confidence in God. He was given so that we would have power to reach this lost and dying world. We believe not just in the baptism of the Spirit. Not just the gifts. Not just the fruit. But that the Spirit was given to be a helper. And when we go, we don't go with just word only. We go with the demonstration of the power of God. And when we don't know what to say, the Spirit speaks. Church, this year we need a fresh fire. We need to embrace who we are as a Pentecostal church. We need a fresh filling. You know, there's only one baptism in the Spirit. But we are leaky old vessels. I'm full of holes. We need to keep on being filled. When the Spirit fell and the church was baptized in Acts, there was this mighty rushing wind. Acts 2, verse 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting, and divided tongues as fire appeared to them and rested on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. That's the baptism. That's the moment they were filled for the first time. 
the wind came, the mighty rushing wind. Boom. But then, a few chapters later, they're praying for boldness. And they're filled again. Acts 4, verse 29 to 31. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And when they prayed in that place which they were gathered, that place they were gathered was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So the first we get here, the room shakes. If you ever need to remember at first, I think there's boom, then they shake the room. <laughs> they are filled again and they continue to speak with boldness. Listen, if the early church needed to be filled again after such a short amount of time, guess what? We are not better than them. We are not more spiritual than them. If they need it, we need it. We need to continually stir up the gift of God that was within us. We continually need to be filled because we are leaky vessels. And this place, this place should be our filling station. Listen, we might come here running on empty. But we should be leaving here full to the brim. Sometimes, you know, in the meetings, it feels like we're just getting going. And now the announcements. Yeah? Well, we're not going to do that anymore. Amen. <laughs> the notice is uh, you've got a piece of paper yeah. by the way to those of you who are at home or those of you who prefer PDF to paper I'll send you a version later today we're not going to keep on going okay and uh, every day this week we have um, <laughs> no we're not going to do that I was speaking to Chris and Karen and Cliff at the start of the meeting I said this part of the meeting, listen, if it goes longer, it goes longer. Amen. Worship leaders, pay attention. Don't feel limited by the amount of songs you've picked. <laughs> the spirit flows, we don't stop. Amen. You get where I'm coming from in this. I don't feel, I, I feel like we need more space in the meeting for the gifts to be in operation. And by that, I don't just mean tongues. I don't just mean prophecy. In fact, tongues and prophecy have a limit on how much there should be in a meeting. 1 Corinthians 14, starting verse 26. What then, brothers? When you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. If any speak in a tongue, let there be only two, or at most three, and each in turn, in turn, and let someone interpret. But if there is no one to interpret, let each of them keep silent in church and speak to himself and God. Now I always find that quite tricky. How do you know if there's anyone to interpret before you say it? 
I've got to listen to the way things are going. Let two or three prophets speak. Again, there's a limit. And let the others weigh what is said. If revelation is made to another sitting there, let the first be silent. In other words, there's got to be a sense of order to these things. For you can all prophesy one by one, so that all may learn and be encouraged. And the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets. For God is not a God of confusion, but of peace. It's a fascinating passage, this. Only two or three tongues in a meeting at most, and they must have interpretations. Two or three prophets speak, and then others weigh what has been said. The spirit of the prophets are subject to the prophets. In other words, God doesn't put something in you, and if you don't say it, you'll explode. It doesn't happen. God puts something in you. You actually have the ability to go, hmm, I don't know if that's for now. Or, hmm, there's been three tongues already. You have the ability to do that. We're not puppets. You have a choice. By the way, I enjoyed doing that explosion. <laughs> you know, if Paul said this in some churches today, he'd be accused of limiting the Spirit of God. But he wasn't. He was saying there's a sense of order to the way we should do this. We must give space for the Spirit of God to move. But God is not about confusion and chaos. God is about peace. That means that when I or Cliff or somebody else, Chris or anybody else is leading the meeting, there's that something we always need to try and hold in that balance between the, the freedom and the chaos. It's like, it's like walking on a tightrope, isn't it? Trying to find the freedom without it becoming the chaos. And that's why that's a role that really is vital in a meeting. Now, if you don't like that, that's okay, it's Paul who said it, it's not me. I'm not going to argue with Paul. But you know what? He doesn't put a limit on some things. He doesn't put a limit on praying for the sick. Miracles. Healing. Faith. He doesn't say it has to be just... Imagine if Paul had said, but only two or three people healed. Might have issue with Paul then. <laughs> praying for the sick. Miracles. Listen, life is hard. I don't know if you've noticed. Life is hard. We need to be able to pray for each other. We need to be able to pray for breakthrough for each other. And if it gets messy, it gets messy. Without becoming chaos. Again, it's that tightrope. Incidentally, the fact that Paul places a limit of two or three tongues in prophecy tells me something. There was an expectation that there would always be plenty of them ready. Yeah? At every meeting, people were so flowing with what was going on, it was going to happen. Paul isn't expecting any meetings without any of these. Paul is expecting it to happen, which is why he says, guys, keep it in order. 
He's expecting meetings where people are coming bursting, ready to share. He's expecting that the gifts will flow. See, you don't place a limit on something that doesn't happen. You know, there's no limit placed on Sunderland scoring against Newcastle. Because you don't place a limit on something that's never going to happen. Um, <laughs> sorry, Dad. <clears throat> oh dear, I've just lost one person from the room. <laughs> the operation of the gifts should feel normal. They should be a part of what we do together when we meet. The gifts in the early church flowed freely and often. It was expected that they would. We should have an expectation every week when we come here that God is going to do something. That the gifts will be in operation. And not only that, we should come ready to be used in them. You know, so often we get into this, it's, it's the person who's preaching who has to pray for everybody. Why? the same spirit that's amazing you Teresa the same spirit that's amazing you it's not about the person who's doing this bit isn't we all have the power to operate in those gifts we all have the power to pray for each other and I want to see this year more times of us praying for each other not just people coming to the front and a set number of people laying hands on them but people coming to the front and everybody else getting out of their seats to come pray for them I've lost where I am I'm sorry dad please forgive me <laughs> So as we move ahead this year, those three things I believe should be our focus. Somebody remind me what they are. Thank you. I didn't know that, by the way. First, spiritual health and fitness. Not just spiritual healing. When it comes to spiritual healing, it means we failed at the fitness. If we can all grow in the fruit of the Spirit this year, Oh, what a year that would be. Hmm? In this, there's got to be a laying aside of the things that are weighing us down and holding us back. I'm aware that for many people here, there's physical needs holding you back. I pray that this is the year we see you released from those. For some... It's going to take repentance. Because a lot of the things that hold people back can be called sin. You know, we talk about mental health a lot. But something that's been really impressed on me of late. One of the most damaging things to a person's mental health is their own sin. Nothing is more crushing. Nothing is more damaging. And your own sin. Sin messes us up. Holds us back. This year there's sin 
that needs throwing to one side. For your own sake, as well as for the sake of the mission. Secondly, as we look to launch Rise and see that get some traction this year, I want us to be ready to push forward online and with Hybrid Church to get the gospel to every person, not just the people who can make it into one of our rooms. And it's natural to feel a little threatened by this. What if it affects Sunday attendance? It's okay. We're not in the Sunday attendance business. We were in the business of saving souls. Making disciples. And doing it by any means. Rise will need your help. It'll need a team. House plants will need people who can commit to using their homes to reach people. And growing new opportunities. And as I said, I'm convinced there's people who are listening. Who God is speaking to about this. And third, we must be seeking a regular filling of the Spirit of God. Sunday should be your filling station. Amen. Not so we can have good meetings. Not so that our times of worship can thrive. But that's like we can leave this place on fire and full of the Spirit. So that we can be effective in our witness in both word and deed. I believe if we can focus on these three things this year. And I'm sorry I can't think of an acronym. Or some clever way of linking them. Well, they really only came on Friday, so, you know, give me a break. <laughs> if we can grow these three things this year, I believe we'll be in a very different place in 12 months' time. I want these three things to be the focus of our meetings, our planning, and our preaching. Here's the thing, it's one thing for me to share it. Now it's to us to live it. I'm going to pray and ask Chris and Karen to come and lead us. Father God, thank you, Lord, that you've reminded me so much in these past weeks how much the individual matters to you how much I matter to you how much we all matter Lord I pray for a revelation of that to all of us that Lord you care about the mission but you also care about the person and Lord as we start this year off Lord as individuals aside from what we achieve for you we want to be closer to you. And Lord, I pray for people who have weights. Weighing them down. Whether it's sin or not sin. Whether it's circumstance. Whether it's mindsets. Whether it's things we just can't get past. Lord, I pray, Lord, in these coming months, release us from them. Let us set aside every weight and sin. 
that holds us back in you. Lord, as we blaze a trail in an area we don't fully understand, in our online world, Lord, I pray for inspiration. I pray for connection. Lord, I pray your word will go further than we've ever thought it could go from here. And Lord, I pray none of this is done without the Spirit. That Holy Spirit, you'll fill us. That, Lord, you'll continually fill us. And, Lord, I pray that this, Lord, this place is an oasis in the desert. Where, Lord, we can all come and drink. Not so we have wonderful times together. But so that we can be effective for you. Build up your church, Lord.